Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, February 7th edition of the MBO We Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. UFC 247 tomorrow, guys. It's going to be a good card. John Jones taking on Dominic Reyes, Valentina Shevchenko defending her title against Kaylin Chikagian and some other fights. So it's going to be a pretty good card. Did the preview on Tuesday. Go back and check that out. It was a good preview show, as always. And uh, before the card, Dana White's spoken to the media and he's discussed a bunch of topics which i'll get into in today's show so we'll start with the first one here according to dana white the ufc never considered conor mcgregor versus Corey maswell or kamar usman he says that this was uh basically a figment of, of uh conor's imagination he says that the ufc always plan on having conor fight Khabib Nurmagomedov over 21st and whoever wins that fight at ufc 249 and not maswell or usman which i mean i I'm not completely buying him, I'll be honest, because why else would they have had Maswell and Usman at UFC 246, and why do they keep showing them on the camera, especially after McGregor won? To me, this is just uh, Dana White saying something, but I, I don't really believe it. I think the UFC was considering these fights. I think they were considering Masvidal and Usman, um, but they ultimately settled on Habib, especially because that's what Dana wants. And what Dana wants, Dana gets, so... You know, I, I like to think they're making kind of a mistake here because I'm personally not too interested in McGregor versus Habib. I'd rather see him fight Masvidal. I think that was the fight to make. But at the same time, Masvidal's going to be fighting Usman now at uh, International Fight Week, probably UFC 252. And uh, McGregor's probably going to be fighting for that lightweight belt. He should, he also mentioned Dana, uh, Dana Way, I'm saying. Uh, he mentioned that Connor is ready, willing, and able to step in. Those are his exact words. Ready, willing, and able to step in in case either Tony or Habib gets hurt. It sure sounds like the UFC kind of wishes they waited a little bit to book that Tony Ferguson fight. It kind of feels like they wanted Connor to fight Habib next and not Tony, but uh, Tony got the shot. Hopefully Tony stays healthy. Hopefully Habib stays healthy and we get to see that fight, but Connor will be the first man in to tag up in case someone gets hurt. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I'm not completely buying what uh, Dana said about Mazdal Dusburn. Dana also spoke about Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. Basically, that's the plan still, but according to Dana, Stipe still hurt, and Cormier has been offered other fights in the heavyweight division, but he is turning them down. He does not want to take on anyone else except for Stipe. I can see why, from DC's point of view, Stipe is the fight. It's a legacy fight for him. He wants to win that belt back, the heavyweight title, after the last fight um, at UFC 241, which was going his way for the first two rounds, and then Stipe changed the game plan up, started going in the body, and hurt Cormier, and then won the fight. So I can see why, uh, why DC wants to wait for Stipe. But for Stipe, it's like he's kind of moved on a little bit too. You know, he's, he spoke about wanting to fight new challenges like Curtis Blades. Um, I think Nagano is a more interesting fight right now than, than uh, some other guys too, even though it's a rematch. So to me, there's other fights for Stipe, but, you know, DC's kind of holding this division up at this point. Both these guys are. So it's kind of unfortunate, but uh, it really does seem like this fight's going to be made. I don't know what card it would be on because it doesn't seem like they're going to be ready to fight anytime soon. Hopefully in the summer, and we'll just get this out of the way. But, yeah, this division needs to move on, you know. Um, hopefully Stipe gets healthy. Hopefully DC takes this fight, and then we'll see what happens after that. But, yeah, I just wanted this division to move on, because guys like Nagano really deserve a title shot. And speaking of title shots, the other thing David mentioned was uh, Corey Anderson. Apparently he's really pissed off. That's what David's words were. Corey's pissed off. He didn't get the title shot. After beating Johnny Walker, he was 244. He wanted that shot against John Jones. They gave it to Dominic Reyes, obviously. I think the UFC made the right call, getting it to Reyes. Reyes, in my opinion, is 
a better fighter. I think he's done more lately. The six straight wins, he's undefeated. I think he's more dangerous for John Jones because he does knock a power. He has submissions as well. Having said that, Corey Anderson looked great in his last fight. He has had a really nice underrated career in the UFC. So I can see why from his point of view, he would be upset. But at the same time, I mean, really, if your best wins Johnny Walker, does that deserve a title shot? I guess the argument would be is Chris Wyman. If you beat Chris Wyman, does that mean you should deserve a title shot at 205? Probably not, but at the same time, that was the better option, in my opinion. So, you know, for Corey Anderson, what he needs to do is simple. Go out there next weekend against Jan Blodgewitz, beat him, finish him, not just beat him by decision. Like last time they fought, Corey just basically held Blodgewitz down in one decision. This time, Corey's going to have to go there and knock him out, I think, or finish him by a ground and pound or submission. If he does that, John Jones will put him on his radar. John Jones has actually spoken with Corey Anderson. He said he's impressed with him, but basically he chose Reyes because he thought he's a more dangerous fight. You know, I, I'd like to see John Jones move up to heavyweight, and i got to plug this article I wrote at MMA Ratings. I basically said this should be John Jones' last fight at light heavyweight if he wins this fight. Can't write off Reyes, he said. It's possible he can win. But if John Jones wins, as the betting odds suggest he will, John Jones should move up to heavyweight. That's my opinion. We'll see what happens there. I should also mention at UFC 247, the UFC will be holding a Kobe Bryant video tribute, which I don't think is a surprise at all because uh, obviously Dana White was a big fan of him. He spoke at uh, like a UFC, there was like a, it was like a fighters meeting a few years ago and and, and uh, Kobe was there speaking to them. So he's had somewhat of a role in, in the, in the promotions history. So I can definitely see why they would give him a video tribute. Obviously uh, he's a, he's a huge name in sports. So that's cool. That they're going to do that. Here's a question from Kevin Scott. Thanks, Kevin Scott. How about Jane Freight losing her belt in the skill yesterday? Very disappointing for someone lobbying for a 105-pound atomweight division in the UFC. Yeah, that sucks, man. Because you know what? I actually wrote an article the other day at BJ Penn where I was talking about Jane Frey, and she was like, I really want to fight in the UFC at 105. I hope they build a division for me. But she didn't even make weight. She missed weight by 0.8 pounds. Ashley Cummins made weight. So Ashley Cummins can still win the belt. But yeah, it's very disappointing Jin Frey missed the title. It's like, why would the UFC bring this this weight class in when the champion Invicta, who presumably is the best 105 or one of the top like three or four 105ers in the world, if she missed weight, why would the UFC bring this division? I think this hurts everyone in the division, you know? To me, it's kind of bad. So that fight's taking place tonight. That card's taking place tonight. Invicta FC 39. You got Jane Frey against Ashley Cummins and a couple other fights, including like Pearl Gonzalez against Miranda Maverick. And uh, there's not a lot of like other notable names, I guess. Invicta was pretty much ransacked by the UFC. All their pretty much all their best fighters ended up going to the UFC. But yeah, I'm I'm disappointed with Junior Frey because I, I think she is a pretty good fighter and I think she's pretty marketable too. And I think she's kind of screwed up here, you know. Um, great question, Kevin. I don't know what to say, man. It's it's embarrassing. Anytime a champion misses weight and loses their belt on scale, it's embarrassing. And like I said, I think it hurts the rest of the division because why would the UFC bring in this division when their champion and the best fighter in the division can't make weight? So stupid. It's really selfish. And uh, I mean, come on, like, especially if you're a champion, you can't miss weight. So dumb. All right, let's get into some fight announcements here. UFC Rio Rancho gets a short notice fight here because uh, Gadzi Murrow of Antigula, I got that name right, takes on uh, Devin Clark. He was supposed to take on Devin Clark, and now Devin Clark will be taking on Daquan Townsend, who's filling on short notice. Uh, Daquan Townsend is probably fighting for his job here, if you ask me. he's uh, He hasn't looked great in the UFC. He's lost both his fights. He lost to uh, uh, Bevelon Lewis in his last fight, which was just two weeks ago. And then, of course, he got knocked out by Dalka Lugimanbula in his debut. So he's 0-2 in the UFC. 
He has to win this fight. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Devin Clark is a guy who's been inconsistent in the UFC. He's uh, four and four overall. He's a guy that gets finished while he's been finished in all four of his losses, but he wins some decisions, one decisions, all four of his wins. This is a toss-up fight, guys. It really is. Um, I'm not very high on Devin Clark. I don't think he's that great a fighter, but Daquan Townsend has been extremely disappointing. So you got to go with Devin Clark here. He is going to be favored in this fight for sure. Townsend's got to win, though. If he loses, he's getting cut. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So there's a lot of pressure on this guy to win this fight. UFC Norfolk gets a fight here between Elon Cruz and Spike Carlisle. Elon Cruz was on the Contender Series, 8-2 record. He's on a four-fight win streak. He beat Steve Wynn by knockout in the Contender Series. It was a really nice win. He was supposed to fight Steven Peterson on this card. Steven Peterson pulled out with an injury. And instead, he fights Spike Carlisle now. They call this guy the Alpha Ginger. <laughs> oh, man, what a nickname. 8-1 record for this guy. Don't know a lot about him. He's only been fighting as a pro since 2017. He's on a four-fight win streak. Uh, he fights on the California regional scene. Um, as far as notable wins, not really. You know, he's fought pretty much a low-level competition. But, uh, yeah, you got to favor with Elon Cruz. I mean, I, I'm not super high on this guy's a prospect by any means. I know he looked good in the contender series. But, uh, yeah, you still have to favor him because Spike uh, Carlisle taking on short notice and he has no date, no experience on the big show. So you got to favor Cruz a little bit. And the last fight here, I know a lot of people are going to love this one. Betch Correa returns against Panny Kianza at UFC 250, UFC Sal Paulo, the pay-per-view featuring Jose Aldo against Henry Sudo. Betch is actually 36 now, so she's getting up there in age. Turning 37 this year, it's crazy, right? Like, she's somehow gotten older quick. Um, overall, the UFC, Betch is 5-4-1, and one. so not a terrible record, actually a winning record. She's coming off a decent win over Sahara Eubanks, a surprising win, which snapped a two-fight losing streak. Betch is very limited fighters, you know. She can win decisions basically by outvolving people, I guess, on the feet. Um, but we have seen her get knocked out a few times. I don't think she's a great fighter by any means. Penny Ganzad has been a little bit up and down in her career. She's just 12 and 5. In the UFC, she is uh one and two. She beat Jessica Rose Clark in her last fight. Before that, lost to Julia Also has a loss to Macy Chason. At one point in time, Penny Ganzad was like a really good prospect in the in the uh UFC, or not the UFC, but Invicta, Featherweight, and Bantamweight divisions, but ended up going to the UFC and has kind of struggled a little bit. Um, this is a close fight to call for sure, because Kanza, she is 28, she's a lot younger, but I just haven't really been impressed with her at all. As crazy as it sounds, I kind of lean towards Batch fighting in Brazil. I think that could help her out here. I think that the fans will be behind her and she can win this fight, but definitely a close fight and go either way. Got a question here, Ron Carlson. Jones should clear his out his division to go up. So like three more fights. See, I understand what you're saying, Ron. And like, I guess there are a few more fights, like Corey Anderson, Jan Blachowicz. I guess Johnny Walker, if he could bounce back. Like, there's always going to be someone new, like Alexander Rakic. There's always someone new that's coming up. And that's the same argument with GSP, like and Anderson Silva those years ago. Like, at some point though, like I think they just need to make a decision to move up and improve their legacy. Here's my thing with John Jones. I've talked about this many times, but I'll say it again. I think he is probably the greatest fighter of all time. I do think the the PED stuff has hurt his legacy a little bit, but I still think he's the greatest fighter ever. I think he's the greatest talent we've ever seen. But here's the thing with John Jones that I think you can criticize him for. He has not changed weight classes. only fought 205. You look at some of the other greats in MMA history, they fought in multiple weight classes. GSP won titles at 170 and 185. BJ Penn won titles at 155 and 170. Randy Couture won titles at heavyweight and light heavyweight. Anderson Silva fought the majority of his career middleweight, but also was a champion at welterweight early in his career and also fought super fights of light heavyweight, including a win over uh, Forrest Griffin at the time, which was a huge win. Um, guys like uh, even current fighters, Daniel Cormier's 
been a champion in two different weight classes. Conor McGregor's been a champion in two different weight classes. He's fighting in a third weight class now. So to me, like, that's how you build your legacy. It's not just beating your guys in your division, especially overmatched opponents like Corey Anderson. I'm sorry, but I don't. I wouldn't give him a chance if he fought John Jones, you know? So to me, like, there is something to be said about moving up in weight and changing weight classes and winning a title in the second division or at least being competitive in this, those divisions. So, you know, John Jones, again, greatest fighter ever? Yeah, I think so. But if he really wants to build that legacy and blow it out the roof, go to a different weight class, challenge yourself, you know? I'd like to see him fight. Stipe, I think that'd be a great fight. You know, Stipe's waiting around for DC, or DC's waiting around for Stipe, I get that. You know, John Jones, maybe fights Corey Anderson next, and then he fights the winner of Stipe and DC. Hopefully, it's going to be Stipe. We'll see what happens. Uh, a couple more uh, comments here. I'm not a Kevin, I'm not a fan of champs meeting division. Say Jones leaves 205, who fights for the vacant title. I don't think he should vacate it. I mean, he can just move up. Like, DC, I don't think DC vacated it. Connor didn't vacate until he won the title. So to me, John Jones doesn't have to vacate it. Just has to move up and, and fight. At that point, if he wins, if he beats Stipe or DC, then he can make a decision if he wants to vacate or not. He wouldn't vacate in my like in my mind. He wouldn't be vacating the belt, Kevin, until he actually fought at that weight class and then and then won or lost, and then he could decide what to do. If he loses, obviously go back down. To me, it's win-win. If John Jones goes to the heavyweight and loses, so what? Does why would that affect his legacy? But if he wins, I think it builds up even more. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Ron Carlson. Jones is perfectionist, perfectionist and fears being vulnerable. Defending your belt is really difficult. It is hard. And Jones has done it better than anyone. I mean, look at the amount of title defense. This is incredible, right? But come on. You guys can't tell me you wouldn't rather see Stipe against John Jones than John Jones against Corey Anders, right? Like, I totally understand what you're saying about him wanting to protect his legacy at 205. He already is the greatest light heavyweight. I don't see anyone ever topping him. I mean, we might be dead by the time someone emerges as, like, the next John Jones. Like, it could be 100 years from now when the sport's really evolved. But for right now, like, I, if I'm John Jones, you know, I, I totally understand why he'd stay at 205. Just It's easy money, honestly. But I, as, a, as a selfish person, I want to see him fight Stipe. That's the fight I want to see. And I think a lot of fans want to see that, you know. We'll see what happens, though, guys. I really appreciate the questions, as always. If, had, if anyone has any last-second questions, throw them in there right now, guys. I'm just going to uh, see if I missed anything that I want to talk about today. But it looks like I'm pretty good here. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, Jessica Penny, I should mention, she's coming close to agree with you, so that's good. You don't want to see someone who's four years in their career, especially like 37, 30 years old. And honestly, Penny, look at her. She doesn't look like someone's juicing. I mean, a lot of you saw this tests are minuscule amounts, and I feel like she's kind of been lumped in with that. Hopefully it works out for her. Joe Rogan's been named one of the wealthiest, po- the, actually the wealthiest podcaster in the world at $30 million a year, which is insane. I personally uh, don't really listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. He's not really my cup of tea. I know a lot of you guys do, though, so that's awesome. But, you know, Joe, some of his opinions are just a little bit too uh, out there for me, a little too political. It's not really my thing. But, man, good for him, man. I mean, this is a guy that I, when I was, like, a young guy, like, I think I was, like, a kid or a teenager, he used to host Fear Factor back in, like, 20 years ago, right? I know that's back now. I think Ludacris is holding it, hosting it. But I remember he used to do uh, Fear Factor. Then he ended up going to the UFC and, and now he's doing the podcasting. So good for him. Uh, Dana White talked about uh, Joe Rogan and Stephen A. Smith and the whole feud between them. Basically, Dana White said, we don't bash fighters when they lose. That's not even true at all. Dana is the one guy that rips fighters more than anyone when they lose. So what he said there was ridiculous. Question here from Kevin Scott. Hey, champions, moving divisions. They don't have to vacate prior to move. Eliminates all risks from their point of view. If you want to move up, you should have to drop the belt. Kevin, I know what you're saying, but look at Connor, DC. These guys didn't drop their belts, Kevin. 
Amanda Nunez, you know, they didn't drop their belts, Kevin. They fought for the second title. The UFC loves double champs. Henry Cejudo is another example. He had to vacate eventually because he couldn't decide what division to fight at. But it's, and he obviously chose Bantamweight. But they didn't vacate their title, Kevin, until they won their second belt or at least fought for it. TJ Dillashaw is another example of that. So to me, you know, I know what you're saying, but the UFC has already set the precedence that if you're going to change divisions and fight for a second belt, you don't have to make a decision until you win or lose. Kevin Scott, Penny should have been cut prior to the last USAW violation. Yeah, I think she's one in three in the UFC. She's an older fighter now. She had her heyday. She was a good fighter years ago for sure. Kind of sucks what happened to her in the UFC. She had some, a tough run there. That Joanna fight really hurt her, I think. But uh, you know what? That's the sport, man. It's the sport they chose, and this is the career they chose. All right, I think that's it for today, guys. Uh, Kevin, if you want to send an email on the weekend, go ahead. If any of you guys do, feel free to. Uh, you guys can check me out in the meantime on Twitter at Martin. I'll be tweeting about UFC 247 tomorrow. Should be a good card. Also, check me out at MAOzbreaker.com. That's the home of the podcast. I'm also available at BJPen.com and MARatings.net. Guys, once again, another great week. I appreciate you tuning in. I'll be back Monday for the next edition of the podcast. Enjoy UFC 247, everyone, and enjoy Invicta if you're going to watch that tonight as well. Have a great day, guys. See you later. Bye.